Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Grave Plot Podcast. A member of the Podgods Network, it's podgodsnetwork.com. I am Skeletoni. And I, over here, am Taylor of Terror. Over here! Taylor of Terror, over here! <laughs> uh, this is week four of Octoberama. Hashtag Octoberama. Octoberubu. We sound like a fucking Rob Schneider. Octoberama! <laughs> um, this is week of the monster. Um, I don't know why I said that in British accent. <laughs> I don't know why I did a Dracula laugh. Yeah, it's not vampires. We yeah. did that already. We ruined this. Fuck, let's start over. <laughs> Welcome to the Great Flat Podcast. <laughs> Edit point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, uh, I mean, this is going to be a short episode. We don't have any news for you. This is one of our minisodes, and um, we've got two reviews for you. Um, Both of them monster-related. Although two very different kinds of monsters. Yeah, very much. Um, monsters is a, it's a kind of vague term. Yeah, and honestly, I kind of when I was conceiving this idea of Octoberama, like obviously there were the natural picks. One sec. Vampire, zombie, well, no, werewolf. I, I know that. Oh, what are you doing then? I'm seeing what order they go in because the one I just said. Hmm? The one I just said: vampire, zombie, werewolf, monster. Okay. So, yeah, you know, they're, they're natural picks. Vampire, werewolf, zombie. Um, and then, you know, we've got our Halloween episode, and then we needed one more monster. I'm just like, what else is there? <laughs> um, and so I just said, just monster. I mean, that could be anything, you know. Um, you know, like our, our picks for this episode, it's Feast and Frankenstein. Like right. it's two very Frankenstein different. is the, of course like the the most classic type of monster, right? Because I mean he was just called Frankenstein's monster, mm-hmm. and then Feast is just a whole different. Like there's really nothing else you can call them. Yeah, they're just yeah, they're just monsters, creature monster things. I mean, um, even in the movie they call them monsters, right? Um, and but yeah, that term is so expansive. I mean, it could apply to like Godzilla or P- creature from the Black Lagoon or. Anything really? Yeah. Um, so it was just kind of a blanket term. I thought so just to kind of pick at our. So it's lazy, is what you're saying? Yeah, you know, I formed it in. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, but yeah, it, really, it's just like so we could kind of pick what our definition of a monster was. Yeah. yeah so and like like I like we said, it's it's two very different. Styles, yeah, very different kinds of monsters, but both th- both very scary in their own way. Yeah, um, I thought it was funny that you picked a much more bloody and gory movie, and I picked <laughs> the more psychological movie. So it's usually the other way around. That's true. Um, anyway, um, so uh, I guess we'll just jump into the reviews. What do you want to start off with? Um, let's go ahead and start with Frankenstein, since that's more fresh in my mind. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Well, this is going to be uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. No one need ever die. I will stop this. 
No, you can't achieve death. We won't know unless we try. I warn you, what you are suggesting is not only illegal, it is immoral. What's happened to you? So this is a 1994 movie. Um, yeah, we need to preface it by make sure, making sure people know which version of Frankenstein we're talking about, because there's been so many. Right. This, this is the 1994 version, uh, and like you said, it's, it's titled Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Right. Um, and it is actually, it's directed and starring Kenneth Branagh um, as Victor Frankenstein, and starring Robert De Niro as the monster. Um, you which know, is not someone I would immediately think of. No, not play. at all. Um, yeah, thinking of you know Jake LaMotta or uh, Vito Corleone or fucking Travis Bickle. Or uh, Munster, yeah. <laughs> um, as, uh, as Frank, or, yeah, Frankenstein's monster, that's just odd. Yeah, um, it's not someone that would immediately come to mind, but I think he did, he did well. Oh, yeah. I mean, the I mean, guy... Robert De Niro's got chops. Yeah, I mean he's a fucking, undeniably. He's an he's an Oscar winner. I mean, there's no denying his talent. I mean, regardless of what kind of movies he's he does, I mean, I think obviously like he's iconic for his mafia movies, mm-hmm. um, and more, more recently in you know the Meet the Parents movies. Um, but he's just he's he's so. I don't know if I go as far to say he's multi-dimensional because he typically plays kind of a pretty centralized character. Yeah. Um, but he does it so well, and um, he really delivers every single time. Um, so anyway, getting off track here. Um, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't I, have picked this movie with such a well-known story. Although, if th- this is more closely tied to. The book, right? Yeah, this is hence hence why they put in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah, it's it's not the the Universal Monsters version of Frankenstein. Right. This is widely known as um, the most faithful version, like faithful to the book um, version of uh, Frankenstein. 
And uh, have you read Frankenstein? I have not. I actually have it on my tablet. Oh. And I, I've been meaning to read it because it's one of those, like, a bunch of older books they'll give away for free. Mm-hmm. And so I grabbed that and, like, Treasure Island or something. And so I've been meaning to read it, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I first read it when I was a kid. I was probably, like, 11 or 12, you know, somewhere around there when I first read it. And uh, it's it's still one of my favorites. Uh, and I can say that this is actually very, very close to the the book itself with some minor changes but things that honestly I think even unless you've read the book multiple times and probably even read it recently on top of that you probably wouldn't even notice differences you would know that just the basic story itself and like even some smaller key points are in place so why don't don't you go ahead and break down the plot for people who are only familiar with like the Universal Monsters version of Frankenstein so you can kind of compare the differences and again uh, we're we're going to go ahead and preface this by saying this movie is 20 years old, so there will be spoilers ahead. Sure. Um, well, it opens up uh, in the Arctic with um, Captain uh, Captain Walton is trying to make his way to the North Pole. Um, it's the late 1700s, and so nobody had ever, ever actually been to the North Pole. Um, so he's just in this schooner, basically, trying to break through icebergs and and uh, just make it through the icy desert, basically. And um, His crew is trying to uh, work past the ice, and they are approached by this man coming out of nowhere. And when they bring him aboard, he's frostbitten, close to death. Um, he tells him that his name is Victor Frankenstein. And so... You know, anybody that's read the book or seen any other movie knows where this is going. Um, he kind of regales his tale uh, of growing up as a fairly well-to-do uh, in a fairly well-to-do family, uh, family of a doctor in uh, in Geneva, um, and naturally he wants to follow in his father's footsteps, and be- he leaves Geneva to uh, to uh, attend medical school in Ingolstadt um, and he has some very I think maybe somebody in this time might consider them very advanced and ahead of his time theories and thinking but people just people back then thought he was just almost blasphemous and um, yeah, they were very uh, radical ideas you know, uh, monstrous almost um, in, in the continuation of life He had very firm beliefs that people didn't need to age. People didn't need to die. People didn't need to get sick. Um, And so he began researching along with um, uh, his mentor, Professor Waldman, played by John Cleese. Yeah. Which was... That's another odd casting. Yeah. And, and, you know, honestly, the first few times I watched this movie, I didn't even recognize him. I didn't either. Actually, I saw it in the credits. Because when I first saw him, I was like... Is that John Cleese? Mm-hmm. And later, I was actually like, "Oh no, it's not." <laughs> and then the credits came around. I was like, "Holy shit, it was fucking John Cleese!" <laughs> he's very recognizable by his voice. Yeah, um, but it, he's got fake teeth in. He's got long gray hair, um, and no facial hair. Oh, he's kind of scruffy. Yeah, he's. But he doesn't yeah. have like a beard, or you know, he's commonly got a mustache. mustache yeah, he just, yeah, he didn't have one, so you just didn't really recognize him. 
um, that and, you know, wearing period clothes. Um, just he didn't really stand out as being himself. Um, he finds out that Professor Waldman has actually been doing experiments on reincarnation, not necessarily reincarnation, but reviving dead tissue. And so after uh, his, after Professor Waldman is actually killed while trying to uh, uh, perform, uh, I think it's malaria. Cholera. Is it cholera? Well, cholera is the outbreak that they have. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're trying to give cholera uh, vaccinations to the masses, and is he's ultimately killed by an untrusting um, hobo, yeah, commoner, you know, whatever he is. Um, so you're not gonna stick me. <laughs> so he kept yelling. And I don't know if you noticed, but that was actually Robert De Niro. I did. I didn't okay. notice at first when they went to hang him. That's when I noticed. Mm. Um. So when he dies, uh, Frank or Victor takes over his work. Like he takes his notebooks and follows all his work that Professor Waldman had actually abandoned. He said that the the, the results that he had achieved were monstrous, and he, they should never be repeated by anyone. And, you know, I think if somebody were to tell me that about their own work, I might listen might to them. Listen, yeah. <laughs> but no, he confiscated, or not confiscated, he took his notebooks and started doing his own work and <clears throat> believed he fixed errors in, in, the, in, the, in the science and in the, in the creation of life and does some pretty nasty things. Yeah. Um... Uh, sews body parts together, which is, you know, obviously, I mean, you know the story of Frankenstein. You know Frankenstein is compiled of body parts from different people. Mm-hmm. Mostly thieves and murderers and just not good people. Right. Um, he actually takes the brain from Professor Waldman because he believes that is just the brightest and most brilliant mind in the world. And so what better brain to put in the body of his creation? Um... He also takes the body of Professor Waldman's murderer uh, and creates a new person with it. And then he puts him in this big copper vat filled with amniotic fluid. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how he got so much amniotic (laughs) fluid. It was a lot. I mean, this thing is like bigger, bigger than a bathtub. Bigger than a bathtub. Yeah. It's it's got to be probably I'd say three feet deep. Yeah. Uh, every bit of probably close to seven feet long and probably two feet wide. So it's a, and it's like filled not to the brim, but I'd say it, at least halfway, maybe a little better than halfway of amniotic fluid. Yeah, like they showed him when he went to the, the hospital or wherever and then when they were when women were giving birth and they would collect it in a bucket and hand it to him. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> And, you know, later on in the movie when um, the monster says, you will make me a partner, you will make me a bride, basically, the bride of Frankenstein, <laughs> um, uh, you will do this for me or I will kill your family, mm-hmm. you know, everyone you love. And so when he ultimately ends up doing it, you think he's doing it in a hurry, you know, basically like same day. 
um, just th- throwing it together, basically. And somehow he's got another big just vat of amniotic fluid. Is he recycling the same amniotic fluid? Almost makes you wonder. <laughs> but the shit. Is there an expiration date on that? Or? Did he mop it up or something? Because oh. it, it's well, it spilled all over the. F- all over the fucking place in the last time. <laughs> that was the worst part to me is when the, the monster first awakens and, like like you said, knocks over the, the bin and he's trying to help him up and they're, like, wrestling and he's just getting goop all over him. <laughs> so he's just basically having this, like, Hmong wrestling match <laughs> with fucking naked Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> and you keep getting, like, just glimpses of fucking balls and cock and... He's like he's rubbing up against him. It's like uh, uh. Uh, uh. it keeps slipping, and he's not wearing a shirt. <laughs> yeah, that was filthy. <laughs> anyway, um, so obviously he the, the 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 monster comes to life, and he immediately regrets his decision. It's kind of like after you're done masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> And you're immediately just disgusted with yourself. And covered in fluid. (laughs) It's like, I'm disgusted. (laughs) What have I done? (laughs) This work must never be repeated. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so when he finally realizes what he's done, it's a mistake. And... he, he writes in his journal that he's been keeping since his father gave it to him. Like, all his exploits and, you know, all his research goes into this journal. He writes that these, um, these experiments are done or completed and must be destroyed. And it's like, isn't that basically what Professor Waldman told him before he started all this shit? Yeah. It's like, if you just listen. <laughs> um, and, uh, so... He goes to kill the monster, and by the time he comes back with his fucking axe... <laughs> yeah, like a huge like battle axe, yeah. almost. Um, the monster's gone, um, and he's okay with that. <laughs> he doesn't go <laughs> looking for him. Well, he like, apparently gets pneumonia or something, which kind of gets glazed over in the movie. He just, like, wakes up all of a sudden. That's true, yeah. And he asks his <coughs> friend Henry. <coughs> Played by, um, Pinto. <laughs> From Animal House. I didn't realize that was him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he tells him about the cholera outbreak. And he says, you know, oh, yeah, everyone's dead. Mm-hmm. And so he's just like, oh, okay, the monster must be dead. Right. Yeah, he says uh, nothing could have survived, right? Or no one could have survived. And he says, no, there's nothing we could do for any of them. And then he's like, good. Or thank God. He says, thank God. Yeah. And he's kind of like, the fuck, man? You're sick. <laughs> um, so, um, he returns to Geneva um, with his uh, his s- adopted sister Ew. and soon-to-be wife. Yeah. Yeah. Those two things at the same time. <laughs> when they actually get married, he says... Brother and sister, no more. It's like, no, that's still there. She she says, brother and sister, no more. And he says, no, now husband and wife. And I'm just like, no. Like, when she was like, brother and sister, no more, I'd be like, oh, don't, don't say that. Mm. Yeah, played by Helena, Helena Bonham Carter Burton. <laughs> Awkward-ass Helena Bonham Carter Burton. <laughs> she, 
this is like the epitome epitome of her just being weird. This is really well. I don't know. She's just like I've always thought of her. Every time I see her on screen and anything, she looks like she's just kind of like tweaking out, and like she's gonna fall I over. Wish you or guys something. could see what Tony was doing right now. <laughs> Well, it's like it almost looks like she's walking around like her head is too big, like big for her body, like her head. Like, like it actually was in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, <laughs> like she's top heavy and just like, it's like you want to just like oh, oh, careful, careful. <laughs> um, and when she just runs around, she's really obnoxious. I don't, I don't like her at all. You know what she seems like? She seems like someone who would be married to Tim Burton. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> um, Anyway, like, so, for someone who didn't know, you were like, "Oh, yeah, that chick's married to Tim Burton." They'd be like, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense." So he returns to Geneva with Henry, um, who he offers to open up a medical practice with, um, and Elizabeth, um, and the monster follows him there because of something that was written in his journal, which was in his coat that the monster took when he fled right um it says when he finally kind of learns to read and and talk by actually sitting in with a family that lived kind of out in the woods um watching them from within like i think it was in their shed or something yeah a barn or something yeah watching them teach their daughter to read and just kind of following those lessons um he learns to read this journal and finds out these experiments that were him. Finds out that he's basically an abomination, a creation. Doesn't have any real identity. Um, but he sees that this is... He reads in the front. This is the journal of um, Victor von Frankenstein of Geneva. So he knows which direction he needs to go. Now, I'd, I've never been to Geneva. But I can't imagine it's the... the small town where everybody knows each other. Um, I don't think so. So he manages to find him up in, like, the Swiss mountains, which is a little unrealistic. But, you know, we'll, we'll let that slide. Well, I mean, I, I kind of got the impression that the Frankenstein family was fairly well known. Okay, yeah, I, I guess. But do you really think that the monster's going to stop and ask questions? Like, Pardon me! <laughs> do you know where the Frankenstein place is? <laughs> Excuse me, good sir. Do you know the Frankenstein's? And like someone's just gonna get go, away oh, from yes, me, they're right up on the hill. Yeah, exactly. They're <laughs> gonna be like, ah. <laughs> um. So he kills his. He finds finds their home, and he kills his young brother, and says that. Uh, when, when you say young, you mean like six years old? Yeah, he's 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 a child, um, and. Was he was actually this kid was actually the cause essentially of the death of Victor's mother. She died in childbirth. Um. Anyway, so the monster confronts him and tells him to meet him up in the mountains, and that's when he tells him that he has to make him a mate. Um, you know, somebody, a companion, somebody to spend his seemingly endless life with. He, um, he basically says, "I have." so much love and so much hate and if I can't exercise one I'm going to exercise the other yeah and that's that's the thing where he gives him kind of the bad daddy speech 
You know, it says you 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 gave me these feelings and these emotions, but you didn't tell me what to do with them. Yeah, uh, which is kind of when. I mean, there are parts with it where you where you think of the monster as more of a human than he he seems in in most of the movie. Um, in that he has thoughts and feelings and. Yeah, it's like imagine where you would be if you didn't have parents to teach you right and wrong and um, how to handle your emotions and what the emotions meant. Yeah, this is this is a much more articulate and thoughtful Frankenstein than other versions. Right. I mean, he he's he's more than just fire bad friend good. Right. Yeah. I mean, I th- I think when you mentioned the Universal uh, version, I mean, obviously the most iconic. Frankenstein's monster um, is Boris Karloff. Um, sure, yeah, like the green skin and the bolts in the neck. And- mm-hmm. But if you know the actual story, like the, act- the actual novel, it's actually that is very far removed from the, the story itself. It's mm-hmm. not similar at all. And so he refuses to do it initially because obviously he's serious that he. The monster just killed his his brother, um, but one plus he thought that the whole thing was an abomination, so of course he doesn't want to do it again. Right, and so he attempts to flee Geneva. Um, I don't think it says specifically where they're planning to go. I don't think so. But I know they're trying to get out of the country. I guess, or it's, this is the way it seems anyway. And they're they're kind of going. They're they're escaping slash going on their honeymoon, <laughs> um, and while on their honeymoon, and under the guise of being protected, the monster somehow slips into their room and pulls Elizabeth's heart out of her chest, killing her instantly, um, and basically said that you know you you brought this on yourself. Right. Essentially. Um, he looks at Victor and says, I keep my promises. Yeah. Because Victor actually agreed to do it. He agreed to make him a bride and then just didn't. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, the monster bails out the window. And so, obviously, Victor takes him back to – takes Elizabeth's body back to the to their family home and rigs up all his old work. Um, like, Wheels out the big tin bucket of – Yeah. Which was all packed up yeah. in crates. Nobody seemed to question what was in the crates. It's like, what do you need this big copper vat for? Or why, all is these... it, why is it full of amniotic fluid? And eels. Where did you get that? <laughs> where did you get all these electric eels in Switzerland? <laughs> um, and how are they still alive? Yeah. <laughs> Just feeding on the amniotic fluid. No. <laughs> um, anyway, so he rigs up everything up and basically repeats his um, experiment experiment to, yeah, to the letter and uh, actually I guess something I kind of skipped over was the fact that when the brother when his brother was killed they actually believed it was like kind of like the house take or housekeeper not I don't know like the house hand she's kind of like a, a servant um, basically like the daughter of like the house the caretaker basically yeah. Okay. They think that she killed um, the, the brother. I guess. William. Is that his name? Yes, William. Thank you. Um, 
because actually the monster was smart enough to set her up. Like there was a locket that Victor had given William and he took the locket and put it next to this girl that actually fell asleep in a bale of hay. Um, and they hung her. Like the, 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 the townspeople were furious. Lynched her. Lynched her, yeah, basically. Uh, so she, he, Victor took that girl's body, <laughs> cut off Elizabeth's head, and attached it to this girl's oh, body. Oh, that's what he did? Yeah. Okay. I kept wondering why he chopped her head off. Because I thought, like, all she needed was a new heart. Just take a heart and you'd slap th- it in there. You'd think that would be the easiest thing. Yeah. I mean, and then she'd have, like, the same body. I wonder why he cut up her face, too. Yeah, I, I still don't know. Okay. Unless he was, like... Unless, because no. she did, like, fall into a candle and her head caught on fire. Yeah, all so, of her hair was burned off. Yeah, so I don't know if maybe her face was charred or something happened because there was like a like cut her right across the eye so maybe he like had to put in a new eye or something could be but it wasn't really clearly explained because you never saw her face after it was burned yeah so he does that and you know repeats his experiment um and revives her and it seems like initially she actually does recognize him um and it seems like she has some uh, memories of what is essentially her previous life. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that's when the monster intervenes and says, this is this is mine. This is what you said you were going to make me. Now I'm taking mine it. Mine now. Yeah. Took it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, um, you know, a fight ensues and trying to... It, it was almost, almost like when... You're trying to pick, like, see, find out who a dog likes more. And he said, okay, come here. Come here, boy. Come here, boy. And she see who goes to. It's kind of like that. It was, yeah. Except she flipped out and... Um, killed herself. She, yeah, she killed herself. In a very dramatic way. Yeah. Um, just basically completed the job. Yeah. She uh, she takes a an oil lamp, holds it over her head, and then crushes it in her hands. So the oil and the flames just engulf her. And then she runs through the house. Yeah, burns the bitch burns down. Burns the entire house down. Let's burn this motherfucker down! Come on, Pookie! <laughs> um, very dramatic. Yes. You know, my wife, who is, who, when she was in school, she was a um, psychology major, and she says that that's, like, one of the more common ways that a woman would commit suicide. Like, because women do it in more dramatic ways like that. Just like in the sacrament. Yeah. Um... I mean, she says, you know, like, guys will hang themselves or, you know, put a gun in their mouth or, you know, things like that where it's, you know, one and done. Women will do things that are a lot more drawn out and dramatic, like set themselves on fire. Pay attention to me while I'm dying. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you stab themselves in the heart. Or, you know, that, that's also like, uh, same goes for murder. That's like a typical way that a woman would kill someone is more dramatic fashion like that. Anyway. Um, so that basically kind of catches us up to where the movie began back in the Arctic circle. Um, where Victor was trying to chase the monster to kill it. And he basically succumbs to his frostbite and, um, just 
overall poor health and dies there on the ship. Um, and the monster finds them or finds him and basically weeps. Yeah. And, and uh, he's he's crushed because this, this is his father. You know, this typical dysfunctional father son relationships. Like, even though you hated the old bastard. It's like, I was trying to kill you. I didn't want you to die. Yeah. <laughs> um, <coughs> so he. Um, and you know, the crew is just terrified by him, obviously. And they're trying to scare him off. But the captain says, you know, he has. He has the right to mourn, you know, as he's trying to... I think they... God, if I remember right, they burned his body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they didn't. They were trying to, but then the ice broke. Oh, right, right. They had to scramble back to the boat, and they, they tried to grab the monster and say, they said, you know, come with us. He, he, he was like, I'm done with man. Right. Um, which And then he took the torch, and he, he said... Victor's body on fire, and then he stood there and let the fire consume him as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a few weeks since I watched this. <laughs> we were initially supposed to record this two, three weeks ago. Two, yeah. I think. Um, so, anyway. Um, very powerful movie. It um, it's followed this trend that I think was kind of set by Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, I think a couple years ahead of this, I've kind of it, taken it back. To, yeah, to the, to the book. Yeah, uh, making it very artistic and bringing back that kind of gothic feel that these original stories created, and um, and yeah, like I said, maintaining the original story more than. Even, like, going, again, back to Universal, like, with Dracula, you know, Bella, Bella Lugosi. It followed the story, but not closely. Right. Um, so, this kind of... seemed like it started a trend, but, you know, I, I can't think of any others aside <laughs> from this. I mean, if you, unless you want to jump forward in time to the Wolfman, you know three, four years ago, however long ago it was. But I feel like that was taking it back to Universal and not really so much to a source material before that. True, but creating more of a period piece. Okay, yeah. I guess that's kind of what I was getting at. It really set you in a specific time. Um, you know, Dracula in like probably like their mid-1800s, and I guess... Wolfman, late 1800s, and obviously this in the late 1700s. Um, just really putting you in those times is where those Universal movies that could have very well just been in the 50s, you know, when, yeah. when they were filmed. Um, so, uh, and making a big production out of it, making like an immersive experience rather than cheap sets and you know just a, a cheap monster movie you know mm -hmm. making a real big budget budget production yeah so i guess that's kind of what i'm getting at is that this this and like dracula i think really made it so that kind of thing was possible and acceptable anyway so this like we said before this is by far and away the truest to the story um 
there are very little, very few changes, and they're they're minor. Um, the ones that do exist in uh, great movie, very well acted. At times, it's a little cheesy. Like I think Kenneth Branagh tends to go over a little over the top at times. Yeah, but I see that. Um, aside from that, I think it's a great movie um, and something that I c- can watch over and over. Um, so I think I'll probably um, I think I'm going to put this at a seven. Yeah, I agree with with pretty much everything you just said. Um, very well acted, uh, very very engaging. Uh, the story is very uh, get, keeps you interested the whole time, even mm-hmm. though it is it is a long movie. It's over it's over two hours. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't doesn't drag. Uh, very well acted, like you said. Um, I I think I'm going to go ahead and match you. I'm gonna, I'm going to go seven as well. All right. So, next up is a different kind of monster movie. This one is uh, a little more supernatural, I guess you would say. Um, although that word conjures up ghosts and stuff, but it's these aren't like humanoid monsters. These are just crazy-ass desert monsters. Yeah. Uh, this is a movie called Feast. the guy that's going to save your ass. Alright, so this is a movie from 2005, which means we're going to have to keep it spoiler-free. But this is a movie about a group of patrons at a bar, uh, like I said, in the desert. Do they ever specify where it is? I don't think so. It looks like Nevada or New Mexico or maybe Arizona, one of those kind of deserty yeah. states. Anywhere USA. Um, yeah, it's it's about this group of patrons. And one thing I like about this movie is it it gives a little backstory on each character. 
Yeah. Like it, it'll freeze frame on them, and it'll kind of introduce them. Mm-hmm. But nobody has real names. You don't really know anybody's real name. Like, Except. <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> the, the first guy you're introduced to, he's walking into the bar as these girls are walking out. And he kind of runs into them. And they're like, watch out where you're going, bozo. <laughs> Said beat it, bozo. <laughs> Give us the scoop, Madge. As he told him to beat it, bozo. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so his name is Bozo. And then, uh, like, his brother, who is the kid from Sex Drive, is in a wheelchair, so his name is Hot Wheels. <laughs> and then uh, he plays uh, pool against Jason Mewes, who is named Jason Mewes. <laughs> <laughs> he plays himself. <laughs> like, it says occupation, actor. Right. Uh, and it... I like that they give uh, life expectancies. Yeah. That's a nice little touch, I Most think. of them are wrong, but... Yeah. Which is good, because if they just told you how long everyone was going to live, it wouldn't be worth watching. Yeah. And, uh... Like, there's that one old lady at the sitting at the bar. Grandma. This is great. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, it says life expectancy might be dead already or yeah. something. And it's like, fun fact, blue Mick Jagger, recently... <laughs> <laughs> But they're all, you know, hanging out, playing pool, drinking beers, and uh, all of a sudden McSteamy comes running in, <laughs> and he he's starts screaming that they need to batten down the hatches because there's, there's something coming, and then it's, it's evil, and, you know, everyone thinks he's batshit crazy, obviously. Because he's McSteamy. Because he's McSteamy, yeah. <laughs> I, side note, I call him McCreamy, and it, <laughs> it drives my wife insane. Actually, I call him and uh, Patrick um, Dempsey, I call him... Thank you, peanut gallery. Uh, I call them both McCreamy. <laughs> I call them McFlurry. <laughs> Maybe one can be McFlurry, one can be McCreamy. But it, but they have to alternate because yeah. it doesn't really matter. Yeah, because it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, but then his his life expectancy, I think it says pretty damn good or something like right. that. Right. And his his name is just Hero. Yeah. And he's he's telling them they need to batten down the hatches and secure the doors and. All this stuff, and he has he has one of the monster's heads, mm-hmm. and he shows it to him, and it's just got like these huge teeth. And, um, this movie is also the inspiration for uh, Leprechaun Origins, right? <laughs> you would think. Um, but then, as he's telling him this, he he gets pulled out through the window and just eaten alive, right? And uh, and so then everyone's freaking out, and then another woman runs in. And she's like, where's my husband? And her name is Heroin. Right. And it's her life expectancy is hopefully a little bit longer this time. Right. <laughs> and uh, so they, they secure the bar. Um, Henry Rollins plays a motivational speaker named Coach, which is an odd choice for him. Fucking Rollins. <laughs> I love that guy. I can't get enough of him. He's so cool. He's good in everything he does. Um. Yeah, and then, so, eventually a, a, a tiny little monster gets in the bar, and he's just lightning fast, just running around the bar, rips off Muse's face. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then, then he starts fa- face-fucking this elk head. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell this movie was written and directed by guys just like us. <laughs> 
Yeah, this movie was actually the first movie that was produced by Greenlight Productions, mm-hmm. which is Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Right. Actually, I'm reading here that um, that show. Um, I don't know how many seasons it ran for. This was like this was the winner of the third season. Um, and uh, let's see. See, it was produced by Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Chris Moore, uh, Wes Craven, and the Maloof family. So fucking Maloofs. <laughs> I know, I know. Anyway, so uh, they they finally trapped this little guy in a cooler. That little guy. I wonder about that little guy. Um. <laughs> uh, and just they just they're unloading bullets into him, and finally they have to like take a shotgun, jam it in there, blast him just to kill this little tiny one. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Judah Friedlander, because <laughs> he's in this, yeah, <laughs> he starts freaking out. He's like, "It took that many just to kill the little one." Game over, man. <laughs> pretty much. That's pretty much his character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't want to just walk through the whole movie here, but the. The monsters get into the bar. Eventually, they they end up spewing on Judah Friedlander, who his skin just starts to fall off, and he's got maggots crawling out of his eye, and just all kinds of nastiness. It's pretty foul. It is pretty foul. And uh, so they they just they keep coming up with ideas, and everyone is just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Henry Rollins comes up with this idea. He's going to take the monster's head and put it on a pike and stick it out the window to show the monsters how aggressive they are. I don't know. It was their, it was their baby. Or like the, the oh, it was the baby one. carcass. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. So he puts it on this pool cue and just sticks it out the window. And the, <laughs> the one girl's like, is there a call or something? And then Puzzle's like, hey, you shitheads! <laughs> you don't fuck with man! <laughs> <laughs> and then the monsters end up just taking the baby carcass and eating it. <laughs> and then they just start banging on the old lady's car. Yeah. And then just shit out another kid, like, right away. Yeah. Like, all within the span of, like, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a very quick turn. The guy yells, they're humping! It's <laughs> the word humping. In that, in that scenario, like, of all words that you're going to say... So they're they're basically fighting for their life throughout this whole movie, trying to keep the monsters out, trying to find a way to escape or kill the monsters. Um, at one point, they take one of the beer barrels and they stuff this girl inside, and they they roll it out the door past the monsters, and she ends up getting out and she gets in the the beer truck, and she's supposed to drive up and pick everybody up, but she just drives away. <laughs> Bitch. And just leaves everyone there to die. <laughs> and uh, the the best moment to me is when they they got the the monster pinned down, and the the girl just takes the the butt of the shotgun and just smashes all the monster's teeth out. Yeah, just so she can shove her arm down his throat and strangle him basically f- from inside. Yeah, and then just pulls out just a handful of goo. <laughs> There's a lot of goo in both of these movies. There is. Uh, yeah. Um, just, this one, this movie, like, very few barriers. Like, they went over the top on a lot of places. Yeah, there was a lot of lines crossed. Yeah, I mean, like, 
No one was safe. Like, every single person in that movie was a target. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that one part where uh, they think someone is dead, and they strap a bunch of um, explosive to... Uh, to to their body and try to use it as bait, and they you know they throw it outside, and then they find out that she's not dead. <laughs> throw her outside anyway. Yeah, like they they're they're getting ready to to throw her out the out the window, and uh, she wakes up and she's like, "Help me!" Well, and uh, the one guy's like, "Holy shit, she's alive!" The other guy's like, "No, she's not." Yeah, <laughs> and they just throw her. Um. And that's not the worst thing that happens to her. No. Uh, I don't... Should we say it? I don't know. It's pretty... It's pretty awful. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, well, the, the the newly born little monster thing uh, scurries up to her. He, he treats her like an elk head. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just spitting out just lots of spunk. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much of so it. So much. It's like you'd think that thing would like deflate with how much <laughs> it produced. Um, it's pretty awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this movie, like, it, like I said, it just went over the top with the the gross shit. Like, yeah, not just gore, but just like gross shit like that. Or then, like I was saying, you know, with Judah's like eyes, like got maggots crawling out of it. Yeah. Um. They cut off one of the monster's cock and balls. And oh, yeah, it was yeah. just like bouncing around and f- flops flop- down the stairs. Yeah, it's like flopping around on the ground like a dead fish, or not, a, not even a dead fish, like a fish out of water. It's like, so apparently it's got it like some kind of mind of its own. <laughs> it's apparently still living after being detached from the body. Right. Doesn't somebody st- like slip on it or something? Well, it rolls under the guy's wheelchair, and he's like, ah! Just, like, rolling around trying to not hit it. <laughs> yeah. And then they just step on it. And then it doesn't, like, explode everywhere yeah, or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, wow. It's just insane. Um, <clears throat> and like you said, um, those life expectancies at the beginning they're very deceptive because you can buy into them but almost none of them are accurate right like some of the people that survive and some of the people that die surprising mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah um yeah I, the 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 survivors at the end I was kind of surprised by mm-hmm. like in the beginning I would not have guessed that it was those people that would make it to the end I could have figured halfway through. I I could have guessed. Yeah. At least one, for sure. Yeah. I think yeah one. I think at least one I could have guessed, but the other maybe couple were probably a surprise. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's there's kind of that like fake ending where like, they start to drive away and then the car stalls and you're like oh god what's oh, gonna happen yeah, yeah. but then the car just restarts and they drive away. But then there's the actual ending. Like, is it after the credits or um, midway? I don't recall. 
I know what you're talking about, but I don't I don't recall if it's I don't think it's all the way throughout the credits. It might have been like the credits start and then it pops up. Something, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what what were some of your like favorite kills from this one? I love when Muse gets his face ripped off. That's pretty good. Um, one person loses a leg. Yeah. Like the the monster like just runs by and just I think I think it's with a claw just slashes their leg right off in one motion. Yeah, uh, I think probably my favorite or one of my favorite is when the person that you would not expect at all to get killed uh, gets just taken and just basically consumed right there. <laughs> um, I mean, it wasn't especially gory, um, but I think just the nature of it and the surprise yeah. was, was enough. And yeah, that was uh, it was pretty good when uh, the way that I don't know if I should say how they died or who the who the character was or both. Um, I I wouldn't say who the character is, but maybe maybe how it happened. Okay, basically they the monsters took the person and started using them as a battering ram to oh, yeah. break down the door. <laughs> that was another thing about these monsters, they used tools. Because yeah. at one point they started using human bones as, like, crowbars. Yeah, they, they, these weren't brainless, just monsters, like, brainless, like, feral monsters. They were actually, like, Yeah, they were creative. intelligent. <laughs> <clears throat> and they even, like, they communicated with each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to look at them, you wouldn't have guessed. Yeah, I like when they were using that that person as a battering ram. He's just, he's just like, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, this this movie though, I I feel like it's it's not just a blood and guts movie. I feel like there is like it's it's not a great storyline. I mean, it's you know people trapped in an isolated place get attacked by monsters. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a story as old as time, but the creativity with the monsters um you know their look of them and how how they act and again like you know them being so intelligent was i I think creative and uh i I think that the the characters were all relatable in a sense maybe not relatable to yourself but you were like i know somebody like that yeah and they all they all seemed like real people Mm -hmm. they were all people that you know you could imagine meeting in a your everyday life. Yeah, especially because they're all people that seem like they would be in that kind of bar. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. There wasn't anything really about this movie where you were like, that doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. I thought it was well put together. It was. It was a, it was a good movie. Um, very well executed, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I've seen it a um, handful of times. The The sequels are interesting. They get really over the top. Yeah, they're, they have, seem to have a different feel than this one. I feel like, because they're all by the same people. And I feel like in this one, they were trying to just make like a horror movie that had comedy elements and was you know a little, little over the top. And then 
in the second one and especially the third one, they just let loose. Yeah. Like there's really no holds barred like anything goes. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> whether whether it makes sense or not or whether it you know is silly or not is just 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 go with it. Yeah. This one I feel like was much more put together and much more straightforward, which makes this my favorite in the series. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, the other ones, they seem to follow the same general premise, but they get a little more um, separated from the, the, the theme, I guess. it's They're, they're not so much horror. They turn more into like kind of action movies with you know, like kind of action comedies almost. Yeah. Um, and they're much wackier. Yeah. So, well, I guess I think that's everything I've got. Unless, uh, you know. yeah, I think that's pretty much everything I got too. All right. Um, you want to do your numbers first? Oh sure. Um, so like, yeah, I, I agree with you that uh, this was probably my favorite movie in the trilogy. Um, in that it was a little more grounded. Um, not as as wacky as you put it, um, and it uh, was interesting because it had kind of like almost like an indie feel, but with like a big budget production. Yeah, um, which I which I dug. So um, was I mean not not the best actors in the world, but good enough for this. I mean, the dude didn't need to be like a fucking Oscar winner to be in this. So. I didn't think anybody was too like over the top or cheesy or anything like that. Yeah, no, it was, it was, they were all good for the characters yeah. that they played, um, and the story was good enough. I mean, th- you didn't need a lot of backstory. You didn't need explanation. They're just they're fucking monsters. It's time to go to work. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so that all worked very cohesively and and. Uh, flowed really well so um think i'm going to give this movie a seven all right yeah um i'm i'm with you on all points again i i agree that it's very well put together well executed um i i feel like it's well paced it's it's never slow at any part mm-hmm. and i feel like it doesn't uh, like graze over anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I think I'm actually going to go one better. I'm going to give it an eight. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up episode four of Octomorama. Did you have fun, Taylor? I did. Good. It was monstrous. Uh, I see what you did there. It was a monstrosity. Uh, um, awesome. Uh, so, next episode, I will not be here. Yay! No, no, that's a bad <laughs> oh. thing. <laughs> uh, but um, I will actually. We'll have some pre-recorded. We're going. To, um, we're we're done with our week of the blank. This is the final episode of that. Next week for our final episode of October, we're going to be reviewing a couple local haunts. Um, particularly Haunted Nightmare at the Nile and Georgetown Morgue, which um, is actually operated by a local 
radio station. Um, and but I will not be here for the in studio, for lack of a better term, uh, parts. Uh, I believe Taylor has um, secured a co-host for that. Yes. Yes. Okay. So. Um, but I will be back for the following episode, um, where we will be reviewing Devil's Carnival and Horns. Um, so, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, I'm sure Taylor does, too. I hope so. Or he doesn't give a shit. I, I, I hope they enjoy it, because then they'll keep listening. Sure, yeah. Speaking of which, you should subscribe to our show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and tune in and any other podcast website all those goddamn places we're pretty much everywhere where you can find podcasts yeah there and you can find links to all of those on our website yeah and like i said make sure you subscribe so you get the new episodes before anyone else uh follow us on twitter grave underscore plot like us on facebook follow us on google plus and instagram and uh is that it I think that's it. Uh, and, you know, go to our website, graveplotpodcast.com. That's that's your central hub. Check us out at podgodsnetwork.com. Whoop, whoop. And we will see you next week for Halloween. Until then, I am Taylor of Terror. I am Skeletoni. And this is the Graveplot Podcast. Where we're all just a little dead inside. <laughs>